From Indianapolis, with an eye on every corner of Indiana, this is IBJ Media's Inside Indiana Business with Gary Dick. Presented by Ice Miller and Indiana University. Indiana's small towns undergoing a renaissance. How a half billion dollars from the state is breathing new life into Hoosier communities from border to border. Eli Lilly marking a huge milestone in the role it played in creating human insulin. Insight into how it all came together from the world-renowned Indiana chemist who helped make it all happen. Mint chocolate chip, butter pecan, cookies and cream, and burgundy cherry, and chocolate almonds. Flavors of fall in Indiana to tempt your taste buds. From Valpo Velvet in the Northwest to Patoka Lake Winery in the South. A look at Hoosier businesses serving up palate-pleasing treats. Hello and welcome to Inside Indiana Business. I'm Gary Dick, coming to you this week from the city of Greenfield, the county seat of Hancock County. Specifically, I am in Greenfield's Depot Street Park and Amphitheater. This is a $2.5 million development that includes a green space, performing arts a pagoda, as well as connection to the rest of the community through trails and sidewalks. It was recently recognized as the top neighborhood revitalization project by the Indy Chamber and part of a calculated risk taken by the city. How am I going to bring things downtown? To have amenities in Greenfield, I have to invent them because I have no skiing, I have no mountains, I have no beach. It is an example of something we're seeing more of around the state. Cities and towns coming together, taking control of their futures with projects aimed at enhancing quality of life and making their communities a place where people want to live, work and play. Small towns have long been part of the fabric of Indiana. Downtowns and town squares, the economic and social heartbeats of communities of all sizes. But a once booming manufacturing economy changed and many Hoosier communities lost jobs, population, and in some cases their spirit. There are indications that is beginning to change thanks to engaged community leadership and tens of millions of dollars in state funding. This week in nearby McCordsville, groundbreaking on the first phase of a $50 million McCord Square Town Center. What is envisioned as a mixed-use development to include residential, retail, and commercial development, green space, trails, and ultimately a new town center. That project supported by ready funding from the state. And joining me now with more on small town revival, the importance uh, of those uh, kinds of developments, pleased to be joined by Denny Spinner, the executive director of the Office for Community and Rural Affairs, a former mayor in Huntingburg, so you know full well how these projects can be important for communities. Denny, I think it's interesting to note, 60 of the 60 Indiana counties defined as rural, that connection, connectivity, if you will, to urban areas is unique. This is uh, something we found out in a study from both State University about the rural economic recovery that we're going through, through our office. And what is interesting, Gary, is that the, the rurality de de designation from the federal government covers a long, large area. But in Indy, 
Indiana, the 60 counties that are designated as rural are all within less than an hour of an, what's considered an urban county. Mm-hmm. So the, the dynamics that occur in Indiana are much different than our Midwest partners. And, and I think that's something that Indiana can leverage and take advantage of, that you can have a quality of life and be as rural as you want to be yeah. in Indiana, where it be, but you can still be close enough to an urban center where you're, you're, you have an opportunity to expand and, and do things that, that only those type of centers can bring about. You talk about uh, the importance of attracting uh, uh, not jobs, but people. Right. People is, is really the key for, for a lot of these rural communities. We've, we're finding now post-pandemic that more people are working from home. More people are finding the, uh, uh, wanting to find a community where they feel the quality of life includes uh, health care and safety. But and if we attract those people to those communities, then that growth is going to happen because these communities need people more than they need jobs. Indiana has done a great job of providing a lot of jobs in our state. And now we're challenged with how do we fill those jobs? Just up the road, very close to hear McCoursville, right. big announcement right. this week, $50 million project right. that will essentially create a, a, a town center, right. if you will. Is that important piece of it too, creating an identity uh, for communities? One of the things that I ask my mayors and, and community leaders when I go out as, as a representative of Okra is, how many people are in your town and why do they live here? And the answer is always there's something unique about living in McCordsville or there's something unique about being in Greenfield. Find out what that is and create that energy based on what people love about your community already and what they're doing in McCordsville, building that town center, that place where you can come in and gather as a community, just like the park we're in right now. This is a place where the community can come and gather and have events and be social and enjoy that rural life that's that's really unique to whatever, whatever town you're in. This project in Greenfield, uh, a byproduct of the Stellar Communities uh, project, the McCordsville project, the ready grant money, which is being spread around the state of Indiana. But at the same time, uh, the leadership in the community has to be present to make these things happen. Do you see that happening? Because a, a lot of communities have, have struggled over the years, small towns, some coming back with projects like this. Well, leadership development is part of what we also try to do at Okra. That's, I think that is what really makes a difference in these communities, is building capacity to take on projects such as these. And, and having those local leaders who want to step up, they want to be involved, but giving them the skills that enables them to make some of those tough decisions every once in a while that see something that can help the community move forward. Only have short time left but it's about attracting people but these kinds of projects tend to attract new business right as well well we're standing right here in in, in green and this business we're standing here right next to this park was here b- because of this park they've expanded there there are more businesses coming and there are communities around our state that are doing the exact same thing through downtown preservation efforts mm-hmm. whatever they're bringing more business which brings more people and brings more vitality Denny Spinner, the executive director of uh, Okra, the Office of Community and Rural Affairs. Denny, thank you for perspective. Great perspective. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you, Gary. Well, another community in Hancock County really undergoing a bit of a transformation. It's about 20 miles uh, from here, the town of Fortville, just north of Greenfield. The population there, just over 4,000. It's experiencing some some significant growth. The downtown undergoing really a big transformation, new streetscape, lighting, restaurants, and a mural on Main Street and a total rebuild really of the key road leading through Fortville. Town leaders banking on that facelift to attract new business some of the, and add to some of the storefronts that have sat empty or had sat empty for a number of years. Well, in Indiana City that really embodies the art of the possible, we can go to Hamilton County and the city of Carmel. 
Mayor Jim Brainerd took over there as mayor, and the population has more than doubled since. 100,000 people now call Carmel home, and Mayor Brainerd is considered the city's main change agent behind growth over the past 26 years. His strategy on evolving Carmel, well, knocking on doors, running for mayor in 1996, and lessons learned as a history major at Butler. I heard several themes, and basically they all went back to, we want a traditional city where we can walk places, have park systems, have great cultural venues. We had knew how to build cities for people for centuries. And then the, we get over 25% car ownership for the first time after World War II. And we quit designing our cities for people and started designing them for cars. And you can catch more perspective from longtime Carmel Mayor Jim Brainerd, who is not seeking re-election. He'll be on my Business and Beyond podcast. You can check that out at InsideIndianaBusiness.com. Well, again, we are here in Greenfield, but communities of all sizes are really relooking at their downtown areas, looking at projects that can help reinvent their cities. And one such example is further east of here in Henry County. Coming up next, Mary Rachel Redmond will have that story from Newcastle. Welcome back to Inside Indiana Business. Again, coming to you this week from Greenfield, the county seat of Hancock County. The theme for this week's show, small town Indiana on the rebound. And for many communities around Indiana, part of that rebound involves preserving the past. Our next story takes us to another small town about 30 miles from here in Henry County, where the heart of a downtown hangs in the balance. Mary Rachel Redmond has more from Newcastle. In most cases, Newcastle is known for one thing. Go get him, Tiger. Hoosier hoops. From the world's largest high school gym. Take a look to at hometown Mr. Basketball hero. In Indiana. I'm Steve Alford. And of course, home to the Indiana Basketball Hall of Fame. What most don't know, though, at the turn of the century, Newcastle was a vibrant, economically thriving community and a center for manufacturing prowess. This building was built during a time when Newcastle was experiencing a real boom. We had the largest automobile factory in the world. Back in, in the 1900s, Newcastle was one of the fastest growing cities in the state of Indiana. But time marched on and major industry made its exit, creating a huge ripple effect. We've lost an entire block of downtown buildings to demolition. Historic preservation is economic development, and so having a building come back to life would mean a lot for our downtown. And with a great view. Now for a quick tour. Now this is the third floor and... Correct. Wow, that looks like a lot of boxes lot of boxes of records. When did this become vacant? Yeah. Kind of over time? Over time, probably last five years, it has not been used and it's been sitting empty and basically it's a, a big storage area for county government. This third floor is absolutely ginormous. In fact, as you can see, there's more records in what I think used to be an apartment. And as you walk through, you can see, and granted it is dirty, but this beautiful antique tile that would have been here when it was first built. There are so many little interesting, unique features in this building that are kind of a wink and a nod to that time. In fact, let's see, let's see what this is. Oh. This building has a lot of potential, but as, I think as you can see, time's running out. That building coming back to life 
means that Newcastle is coming back to life. I often think that the that the way your downtown looks indicates the health of your community. So if you have a bunch of vacant, empty buildings that are boarded up, perhaps the health of your community is low. Having a building alive again, I think would be reflective of where our community is because I feel that Newcastle and Henry County is alive again, alive and well. Mary Rachel Redman, Inside Indiana Business. All right, Mary Rachel, thank you. Well, coming up next, I will be back in studio in Indianapolis. Our Kylie Valletta will have a report on Eli Lilly and Company marking a major milestone regarding insulin. And she'll talk with a world-renowned scientist to help make that happen. That's when we return. This is Alex Brown. Get caught up on the state's top business news every business day with Inside Indiana Business Radio On Demand. This twice-daily podcast features our statewide Inside Indiana Business radio reports with additional bonus content that you can listen to anytime, anywhere. You can listen now on the podcast page at InsideIndianaBusiness.com or subscribe for free on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. As the number of people who needed insulin grew, there was concern that demand would outstrip supply. The solution was created in laboratories in the mid-1980s by scientists using genetic engineering to create synthetic insulin. Life-saving innovation created by scientists at Eli Lilly and Company here in Indianapolis. Lilly's legacy in pioneering uh, insulin, well-known in Indiana, this weekend marks uh, really a a milestone, a big anniversary of a major breakthrough at Lilly. Kylie Valletta is here now with more of the business of health. Kylie. Well, thank you, Gary. This weekend marks the 40th anniversary of Humulin, which is biosynthetic insulin being registered for human use right here in Indiana. Biosynthetic means it was produced in a lab rather than from natural sources such as animals. Prior to this breakthrough, there was a risk that insulin would become scarce or even need to be rationed. The medicine marked a shift to a virtually unlimited supply of insulin. Humulin was also the first biosynthetic medicine for human use, not just for diabetes, but for any disease. Millions of patients with diabetes now rely on it for daily use. Indiana's own Dr. Richard DeMarkey, a serial entrepreneur and world-renowned chemist, was a major contributor to the project as a scientist at Lilly. He says this breakthrough 40 years ago is responsible for tens of billions of dollars in revenues and thousands of Hoosiers being employed in central Indiana. The the, the fact that this was the first validated the business model that said venture capitalists could put their money to work and receive a handsome return as Lilly went about validating the technology that came from a university through Genentech to patients. So this was recruited additional venture capital to go into this emerging biotech sector. And the biotech sector has grown to be the leading edge of the pharmaceutical industry. So when you look at Lilly's latest products, things like Trulicity uh, and what is Monjaro, right? These are compounds that are built with comparable biotechnologies. DeMarkey says Humulin was the first to show this same technology could be used to produce powerful human medicine. Amazing story. And Rich DeMarkey, 
incredible scientist, but also an entrepreneur uh, of, of major note. Oh, he's a huge champion of life sciences in Indiana. He yeah. started six companies, five of which have successfully exited. One of them sold to Roche for $300 million. Wow. The sixth one that he's leading right now, MBX Biosciences, it's mm -hmm. well on its way to yeah. also having a very successful exit. Yeah, interesting. Also, quickly, I know he believes biotech didn't start in San Francisco, it's right here in Indiana. Right, and he says that would surprise a lot of people. Most right. people would assume biotech was born in San Francisco or Boston. Right. He says it's so important for Hoosiers to know it was born here, and then it also has had huge commercial significance over mm -hmm. the years. It really was the start, mm -hmm. really the birth of Indiana's life sciences community here. It was the springboard. He says Humulin was the granddaddy of it all. I love it, that's a great <laughs> story. Thanks, Kylie. Well, it's time now to go inside innovation. New job opportunities in Southwest Indiana, Houston-based Avangard, planning to build a $100 million state-of-the-art recycling facility in Mount Vernon and adding about 200 new jobs. The plant will recycle uh, film and flexible plastics and convert the materials to post-consumer recyclables. This process will reduce plastic waste going into landfills. To our Eye on Education segment now, brought to you by PNC Bank. The state's largest school district, Indianapolis Public Schools, uh, has announced uh, how it will fund its Rebuilding Stronger plan. That plan is a year-long initiative designed to reinvent, rebuild, redesign, and rethink IPS's family of schools. Also, how it spends resources and effectively leverages facilities. IPS Superintendent Dr. Alicia Johnson says $410 million is needed from the capital side to support facility renovations and $50 million annually needed for operating over the life of the referendum. On the operating side, we will be uh, requesting approximately $50 million annually for the life of that referendum. And that will be to support the expanded student offerings for Rebuilding Stronger. And so ensuring that all students across all of our schools have access to things like art and music and computer science and foreign language and algebra when they're ready, um, as well as continuing to invest in our staff. The IPS Board of Commissioners is scheduled to vote on the plan November 9 and then take up the formal vote to approve uh, uh, moving forward with that referendum for May of 2023. Well, once again, Purdue University, the only university selected by Fast Company magazine as one of its brands that matter. The list recognizes companies and organizations for promoting brand mission and ideals with intention and authenticity. This is the second consecutive year Purdue made that list. Purdue shares space on the list with internationally recognized brands like Nike, Salesforce, and guitar icon Fender. Fall in Indiana, it's more than nature showing off its true colors. It's also about tempting your taste buds. We'll check in with fall flavors in Indiana, border to border, next in this month's Trendiana. And here's what you can expect in this weekend's IBJ. A look at the important role that Kipru plays, that institute is playing in helping minority entrepreneurs in Indianapolis. Details on efforts to land federal funding for a new hydrogen hub in central Indiana. And a look at the push by an Indianapolis-based maker of brain surgery tools to get doctors to use low-invasive instruments. 
And in today's environment, the economy is top of mind for all Hoosiers. Join us November 14 for IBJ's 2023 economic forecast. Learn about uh, this event and others at ibj.com slash events. Well, falling leaves, pumpkin spice, and apples, all very visible signs of fall in Indiana. And there are plenty of places to taste the flavors of fall as well. Yelp's Brittany Smith is here now to give us a statewide tour in this month's Trendiana. Brittany is always welcome. Likewise, thanks, Gary. Yeah, great time of year, certainly, to be uh, in Indiana. Let's get right to it. You've got a great statewide tour. We begin right here in Indianapolis with Pots and Pans Pie Company. Yes, this is a women-owned business that opened up in 2016, selling their made-from-scratch pies. They use a lot of locally sourced ingredients when possible, and they actually just this year made our list of the top pie shop in every state for Indiana for 2022. Um, you can find them in the Sobro area, but you know every day is pie day at Pots and Pans. But when this season arrives, they are killing it with some great fall flavors, like this pumpkin caramel flavor that they've got, maple pecan, apple crumble, and sweet potato pie, just to name a few. Okay, let's go down to Brown County, Nashville. This is a great business story too. Hard Truth Distilling. They have a tremendous facility and campus, if you will, there and growing around the state too. Yeah, it's incredible. If you, at this time of year, it's just a beautiful time to be in Brown County in general. They've got a 325-acre campus there in Nashville. Family-friendly activities like a pumpkin patch during this season. And then they've got so many flavors that you want to try, like the maple bourbon cream, the peanut butter whiskey like here, the cinnamon vodka, the coconut rum, to name a few, and a seasonal cocktail menu. And then they've got live music that's running through November 4th each weekend. So really, uh, you know, a, a place that you can go and make a whole afternoon of it. Okay. Uh a reliable standby not far from Nashville in Bloomington is Oliver Winery. Yeah, this season is such a fun time to be at Oliver Winery. They've, again, got some really fun activations like a Halloween candy pairing tasting. Um, they're also doing free tastings of their Bean Blossom Hard Cider. Um, a few flavors that you want to try out this season are the apple pie wine, the apple ginger fizz, and then their hard ciders, which they've even got a bourbon barrel one that I've, I've got my eyes on personally. <laughs> <laughs> Good for you. We're going to keep it south and Patoka Lake Winery. Yeah, this is a fun spot. A lot of the Yelp reviews love noting that this is a place you can make a night of it. They have these silos on site that they've converted to beautiful hotel rooms so you can stay overnight. They also have a fun Hocus Pocus wine slushies menu through the end of October and then leading into November uh, because they are known for their wine slushies. They also have flavors like chai latte, pumpkin spice and apple cider, just to name a few. Okay, we wrap up in northwest Indiana, Valpo Velvet Ice Cream. Yeah, you wouldn't think of ice cream for this mm -hmm. season, but everyone at Valpo thinks of velvet ice cream. It's a family-owned business. It's been around for more than 75 years. And this time of year, folks love to have their pumpkin spice flavors, eggnog, rum raisin. And then another favorite for the locals is the Journeyman's bourbon. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Journeyman, I know they got a big development up in Valparaiso uh, coming in the months ahead. Brittany Smith, fall is a great time. You've given us a great tour around the state of Indiana. Thanks for joining us. Thanks so much, Gary. All right. And finally this week, India's done it yet again. The 2022 college football playoff national championship between Georgia and Alabama at Lucas Oil Stadium named the best collegiate event in 2022 by Sports Travel Magazine. It was the first time college football's big game was hosted by a northern city and Indy once again lived up to its reputation. The game estimated to generate $156 million in economic activity. Congrats to the organizers and all of the volunteers who made it happen.
I'm Gary Dick. Go out and make it a successful week. Thank you for listening to the Inside Indiana Business Television podcast. Remember, you can get the latest business news from every corner of the state at InsideIndianaBusiness.com. I'm Gary Dick. Go out and make it a successful week.